Welcome to Into the Mystic Podcast. My name is Juliana Lavelle. I am the lead facilitator at the Into the Mystic Yoga Teacher Training. And I wanted to share today my journey to yoga in a nutshell. I wrote a blog about it. And for those of you that enjoy podcasts, I'm going to read it to you. Now that I know that yoga is the essence of who I am, the essence of all of us, and the creative energy of existence, I can relate to my journey to yoga as one of unraveling and untangling myself from anything that is not yoga. Yoga, meaning to unify oneness the omnipresent energy of everything sustaining our DNA and the cosmos. The state of grace and harmony between opposing forces. The unified field is love. Albert Einstein I remember myself as a young girl, enchanted with the mystical. I was romanced by the subtleties in nature. The way the wind blew through the trees on an autumn afternoon sent whispers to me from a mysterious place. Sometimes those whispers were from ancestors and great-grandparents on the other side. My parents separated at the age of two, and life was often a whirlwind. We moved a lot. Both of my parents seemed to be in major transformation in their lives. They both did a pretty amazing job considering the circumstance. The gift in that chaos was the opportunity to use my own intuitive nature and curiosity to thread a connection to the divine. The smell of rain walking home from school in Tawasan, B.C. The eagles I counted along the beach. One day there were 60. Crystals, tarot, and magic wands were laying around our home. We lived in a lofted garage suite on an ocean front home for a while. It was one of my favorite childhood homes. My mom was a grounded, smart, fierce, and super loving woman. She would slay all the dragons of single mom life with her two kids. We somehow survived that period gracefully with angels standing by. My connection to the earth and the neighborhood eagles was a solace, a sanctuary to turn to when I missed my mom who worked long hours. I'm grateful for all the divine appointments in life that guide us toward our growth. Growth can look messy and uncomfortable, but taking those leaps of faith to trust and love, the love within my own heart in the midst of chaos, helps me to unveil and let go of the cocoon season so my butterfly can emerge. I see the seasons of life in my past and the world around me, the cycle of life and death. My attraction to Ayurveda and Vedic wisdom has helped me to draw a thread through many ancient earth-based traditions. I can see the oneness in all of them, the roots of ancient alchemy, and how we are in infinite cycle of transformation. 
Transformation is our true nature. We are aging, growing, and changing, just as the seasons are. So it was destined that I evolve in my experience and practice of yoga. My first attraction to yoga came from my mother at a young age. Her mystical activities such as aura healings, fire walking, and stumbling across her yoga books in German. She was practicing yoga in the 70s like a true Aquarian. We did yoga in high school, but it was mostly just physical movement. I got married when I was very young, the tender age of 19. I don't regret anything as I was in love and created a beautiful daughter. But being in the context of a marriage at that young age made it more challenging to explore my true identity. I felt like I was supposed to conform to be a good wife. And after a couple of miscarriages, a recession, and my Saturn return, among other things, we parted ways after nine years. During my pregnancy with Jada, my daughter, I had another profound experience with the magical portal of creation. My yoga practice developed deeper as I prepared for childbirth. The use of pranayama, or breath regulation, is vital during birth, as well as a steady mind. My ability to surrender and dance with the creative force deepened as I had some serious complications and near-death experience when my daughter was born. I'm not sure if the Western medical system saved me or caused more problems. It's hard to know. What I do know is that I allowed myself to give over my power too much to the nurses and doctors. I trusted them more than I trusted myself. Something that we are often indoctrinated to believe is the right thing to do in our culture of patriarchal structures. I appreciate innovation, science, and much of what the Western academic system offers, but I also see the flaw in using methods of learning that are disempowering to the individual. Something important to me has been to teach my daughter to question everything, to find the balance between being her teacher and giving her opportunities to be curious, lean into her own intuition and hunger to learn and ultimately have experiences where she learns to trust herself. Which brings me to the yoga of parenting, my greatest teacher. Every phase she goes through has been like a shamanic journey into my own childhood. A look at my own some scars along the journey, as well as the experiences that have curated me into the person I am today. My daughter Jada has taught me incredible patience, a love like I've never experienced, loyalty, devotion, and an inner fire to protect, provide, and be her advocate in adversity. All qualities I have seen iterated in the Yoga Sutras. One month after I became a solo parent, I decided to take my first 500-hour yoga teacher training. My stepfather, whom I was close to, passed away suddenly and tragically. Simultaneously, I was riding the wave of grief of my separation. 
I was in a whirlwind of decisions and finding my footing in a new level of self-reliance. Searching outside for answers to life's challenging questions was futile. With the help of yoga training, along with personal development, workshops, and soul friends, my journey turned inward to nurture self-love. During that yoga teacher training, I encountered a teacher whom I found to be very dogmatic in her approach. There was a very primal part of me that resisted her rigid delivery of yoga philosophy. I also came across teachers and yoga studio owners that I also found to be harsh and sometimes oppressive in their teaching. Those experiences continued to show me the places where I would allow myself to feel disempowered. Senior yoga teachers who asked me to keep my eyes open during the entire yoga practice. What if I needed pratyahara, sensory withdrawal? Another senior teacher who on two separate occasions gave me physical assists in my practice that gave me injury in my connective tissues. My lesson from this was about boundaries to trust myself. My first training sparked my love for a yoga practice that was safe and accessible, a therapeutic perspective. I learned the value of japa, repetition, of the same poses in order to still the mind. I also experienced kirtan, devotional music. The kirtan at the end of my first training was like medicine for my soul. My heart opened in such a profound way. Upon return from my first training, I followed my curiosity for more. I found a small but incredibly loving and deeply peaceful mom-and-pop studio who were Kripalu-based. It was there my nervous system was able to truly relax, shift out of any competitive or ego-based paradigm I had experienced before. I felt a deeper sentience of my subtle body and was able to feel a safe container for healing. I wanted to stick my toes in every style of yoga to test how they felt and if I wanted to dive in. I found empowerment in Baptiste, amplified energy field in Kundalini, discipline in Bikram, community in Moksha, advancement in Ashtanga, dynamic cueing in Anusara, richness in Iyengar inner peace and Buddhist practices, to name just a few. I could see the brilliance, benefits, and the shadow aspect in each lineage. The truth is, we all have a shadow. It doesn't discredit the wisdom we are able to channel through, but it is important to discern, Vivaka in the Yoga Sutras, what is our medicine? To discern the medicine from the teacher who is a human being. No pedestals. My next training took me to Boulder, Colorado, where I learned aerial yoga. I fell in love with the support and playful nature quickly. I built a new strength in my body, created traction in my spine, and was blissed out by the cocoon-style shavasana, much like being held in the womb. I also studied a yoga program for athletes, taught professionals and semi-professional teams and athletes. 
My diversity expanded from chair yoga with seniors, yin yoga, yoga for addiction recovery, and I was still hungry for more spiritual understanding and experience. In my personal life, I hit a lull, a rut. I had grown leaps and bounds in many ways, becoming a financially independent and free-spirited female and full-time mother. But I had an un- I had unconscious attachments and grievances that were tethers to an old version of myself, my soul craved to shed behind. I prayed for a new spiritual teacher. I was led to a man named Sequoia Trueblood. He was a key role at many yoga retreats I ran on sacred land in the East Kootenays, British Columbia. He guided our traditional purification lodges and shared with us many stories, songs, and wisdom. I had never felt so connected to my ancestors and the planet Earth as I did in the lodge. It was Sequoia that taught me the term divine appointments, these challenging situations that surface periodically for our growth. He had one of the most trauma-filled life stories of anyone I know, and when you meet him, his deep inner knowing is sprinkled with humor and levity. From the age of 25 to 27, I had vivid dreams of execution as a witch. I studied deeply into my own ancestral history. I decided this was part of myself that was crying out for reclamation. My ancestors would speak to me through every cell in my body, guiding me to the tools that made my heart expand, such as tarot, crystals, chanting mantras, using herbs, and ancient healing techniques. It took a lot of courage to come out of my spiritual closet when I had when I experienced a major oppression of it as a youngster who grew up with Christian ideologies. I now have a deep reverence for all spiritual rivers that lead to the same great ocean, including Christianity. But it required me to un- me understanding that there is a shadow inherent in all things and that I have the sovereign right to choose which principles I will align with. My next teacher was plant medicine. Psilocybin mushrooms in microdose, iboga, ceremonial dose, and ayahuasca. My dharma led me to many shamans, indigenous spiritual teachers, medicine songs, and ceremonies where I was blessed with deep healing as well as hard lessons. My physical body wanted my attention. I was misusing her with birth control chemicals, IUDs, toxic hair dye, self-negating habits that became very apparent with the medicine Plant medicine is a topic I could write a whole book about. If you're curious about those experiences, I've written a few blogs about them on my website, julianalaval.com. Plant teachers help me to make peace with death through experiencing the infinite, through my tangible journey into the divine matrix. The spiritual texts I study today are like medicine for the soul. 
My main attraction has been to the Bhagavad Gita, the Yoga Sutras, astrology, and tarot. My soul longs to return home to my Irish Celtic roots, the history of my family, who I believe were some French who settled near the south of Ireland, also my family from Austria and Germany. To think that each of us has genetic blueprints of oppression, wars, long travels, and sometimes genocide. They also had their belief systems, spiritual rituals, and wisdom grown from life. I crave to understand all of it, or at least some of it, in hopes to gain a more whole perspective on my own patterns and innate gifts. Genetic memory is scientifically proven. I resonate with Carl Jung's Swiss psychologist writing about bringing light into the dark shadows of the unconscious that in order to grow into the light, we must make what is unconscious conscious. There are ancient Sanskrit mantras that pray for exactly that. Music became my medicine when I adopted a guitar after my separation and family death. Music is one of my creative rivers to flow in freedom and love, the essence of what I define as yoga. I fast forward to where I am now, 35 years old and claiming my voice, claiming myself as infinitely worthy of radical self-love. Self-love is the practice of yoga. Each day I can ask myself, what choices can I make to nurture self-love? Giving myself permission to reinvent myself, to change my mind, to start something creatively new and to test authority and the status quo. Because everything possesses an ego, and there is no hierarchy. To let love guide my decisions, even if it means calling myself out on my own patterns and bullshit. To make challenging choices to shift my trajectory if my old decisions were negating. And so the journey never really ends. I wake up each day and count my blessings, Attempt to feel equanimity towards the changing seasons of life. Allow myself to take risks, to love hard, be compassionate, set boundaries. Those boundaries that are needed and always non-negotiable. See the magic inherent in nature, in the healing of our wounds in the growth and decay of our gardens. Then ultimately, to listen closely for those divine next steps of my dharma that whispers to me through my intuition, even if I stumble and fall along the way. Yoga is all of these things marinated in grace. <laughs>